Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than deny myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here, so let's get excited to talk to today's guest. everybody, and welcome to episode 88 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today I'm here with Marie Todd. Marie lives in the Birmingham area, Birmingham, Alabama, that is, for those of you that are not not knowing that, because there are other Birminghams, Birmingham, Alabama, where she is a digital banking process manager. Welcome, Marie. Hi, Jen. Hi, everybody. So great to talk to you. And yeah, I just said Birmingham because, you know, those of us that live down here in the South, we know Birmingham, Alabama, but there are lots of Birmingham, so I have to be clear (laughs) for the non-Southerners that are listening, of which there are a lot, and we're really glad for that. Now, one thing about Marie that I also want to say, she is a moderator in my Facebook community, which is such an important job. It's an honor. Well, it's an honor to have you helping me because, you know, I couldn't do it without moderators such as you and all the other team of moderators that work so tirelessly, literally around the clock. We have people who are moderating because when when we're sleeping here in the United States, we have people who are awake in, you know, the other hemisphere who are, are keeping things going. And it's it's just such an important job. And I'm so grateful to all of you. Uh, it's uh, a blessing to us as well. Well, thank you. Well, you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Okay. Well, the very short answer is that my beautiful and sweet daughter-in-law, Emily, recommended Delay Don't Deny to me. She's known my struggles over the years. And uh, I hope to share the much longer answer in my story today. It's really a story of perseverance and it may be a little bit different kind of success. I've lost some things and I've gained some things on my journey. And I I feel like I should almost start by saying for me at the beginning of everything, because it is such an individual journey. 
three, six, 12 months from now, my for me could even be different than it is as I'm sitting here today. That is so true because not only is it individual, but it changes at different points in time for each of us. Like you just said, you know, what I did five years ago is different than what I do now. What I did yesterday might be different than what I do today. It is. And that's why I love the the journey analogy. And so when a, a few of my Facebook or the Facebook support group members and some of my fasting friends, as I call them, they asked me, Marie, why, why don't you share your story on the podcast? And it took me a while because I spent some time contemplating that. I'm an avid listener and a re-listener of your podcast. And I wondered what I could possibly share that we haven't already heard. I've been so inspired by the interviews and some who have lost, you know, 100 plus pounds or maybe they zip down through those clothing sizes and those scale numbers. And when I was asked to moderate for the group, I, I really felt very far from, uh, you know, a poster girl of success. Uh, I hadn't reached a gold scale weight or an ideal body or a clothing size. So I refer to myself sometimes in the group as the happy dancing turtle. And uh, it, it's it's not been a quick thing for me, but it's been such a wonderful journey for me. And I, I think that's why your story is so important because I love to talk to somebody who says, well, I started on day one and then one month later I was down 30 pounds and at my goal <laughs> and it was easy and <laughs> that was it. But that's not the norm. That's not typical. And of course, people who have stunning and quick success really are excited and want to share their stories. But I think the the happy dancing turtles out there, there's a lot of you who feel like, you know, you're not a success, but you are. You are a success. Well, I thought about success and thought about that in my contemplation here. And what is success anyway? And I think even in life in general, we measure success differently. And some it's maybe by accumulating money or maybe career, sports achievement. Certainly a close-knit, happy family would be one. For my husband, he's a photographer, he, utilizing his creativity. And of course, you know, doing something in service of mankind uh, is certainly a big one. So there are so many different ways that we do measure success in life in general. And I have a, not a perfect life, but I have a very blessed life. I have a wonderful family. Uh, my husband, I've been married to for almost 35 years. We have two grown children, their spouses, and the most amazing three grandsons in the world. Love it. One day I will too. I'm not there yet. But. I know. <laughs> and, and it is. It's wonderful. And and also, uh, not everyone can say this, I'm, I love and I'm very passionate about what I do at work every day. And I have lots of family and friends who love me. So, and my husband, I'll mention him again, he has loved every single inch and pound of me all these years. And he's continued to find me attractive, even at my heaviest. And he's been such a support to me. And I say all of that to say that I really should have been happy. I should have been so happy with all of these wonderful things in my life. But even then, I had these thoughts, Jen, you know, Marie, why can't you get this one thing together? What is wrong with you? You know, just you have so much going for you and you're just so miserable. I think a lot of us can totally understand that. There's some book I read. I can't remember it. I can't remember the name of it, but it was years ago while I was still struggling. And it was like, if I'm so smart, why can't I lose weight? It, the title was similar to that. I don't remember what it was actually called, but you know, I was like, yeah, you know, I had a doctorate and I was successful. I, I, why couldn't I figure out how to lose the weight? Well, my journey, it goes way back to when I was 12 years old. And I guess about the time I hit puberty and I was a very normal weight and size at that time. And I went to visit a cousin and she suggested to me that I better go on a diet, you know, to keep from getting fat like your mom. You know? Oh, gosh. I know. And my grandmother, my mother, some of my aunts struggle with being overweight and obese. And I, I started stressing out and at 12 years old and I started restricting. 
And in four years' time, Jen, at the age of 16, I probably weighed about a pound shy of obese. So oh my gosh. dieting had actually wrecked me. And if you can just fast forward, or it really wasn't fast, but 40 years later, you know, I counted calories and points and I restricted. I ate foods I didn't like. I drank these awful diet vitamin shakes and I got the shots, took the diet pills, you know, you just name it. I spent so much money on plans and I was just really miserable with it. So I think this is important, Marie, because when you were 12, you were not struggling with your weight. No. And then one comment, you better start dieting, made you start dieting. And then within four years, you were almost obese. Yes. I mean, I'm just, I want people to let that sink in. You know, I read a statistic. I, I can't remember specifically the exact number, but I can summarize it in one sentence. The best predictor of weight gain is a past dieting history. Now that, you know, that might sound crazy. Well, of course, people diet because they want to lose weight. So of course, people who are overweight have a dieting history. But, you know, when we think about that statement, the best predictor of of weight gain is past dieting history. You did not have a weight problem until you started dieting and then it, it began. It's true. It's true. And I have one of those all or nothing personalities. So I was a great dieter. I mean, I would never eat a tiny bite of anything that wasn't on whatever current plan I was on. I always lost weight on diets, but this is the thing. I gained it back every time plus more. And so I've I've mentioned this to you before, Jen, is I wasn't a yo-yo dieter. It was more like a roller coaster. Right. Yeah, Yeah. I get it. And it was, I was always either losing weight or gaining weight at any time. Once I got to a certain point in my life, it was after I had kids, I was always either going down or going up, but it was, it became more and more like a roller coaster and and the the hills got higher over time, you know, and then I'd have to lose more. The, The ups got higher every time. That's what happened to me. And one day I just completely gave up. And this is why I was terrified terrified of ever going on another diet because I always ended up heavier. So I just, I was really afraid if I keep dieting, what's going to happen to me, you know? Because you were getting bigger and bigger every time and you knew it. Yes. And it was very scary. And so I just started eating just whatever I wanted. And I was putting on about 20 pounds a year during those few years. So that was a very scary thing as well. I was scared to diet and I was obviously doing some damage by not restricting. So one day I was online and I saw the obesity code book ad pop up and I ordered it on Audible. And I'll be honest, I had a really tough time getting through it. (laughs) I'm not sciencey at all. And it probably took me about 20 chapters in before it started making a little bit of sense to me. And I found it overwhelming at the time and it scared me a little bit. I I didn't really get here the fasting part as much as I heard all about the food part. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of information in that book. And every time I ever went back to it and read it again, it's been a few years now since I've really dug into it. But every time I've gone back through it, I've picked out new things that I I keep, you know, getting from it because there's a lot in there. It's wonderful. (laughs) It is wonderful, but sometimes people will say something that they came away from it with. And I'm like, that's not what I came away from it with. You know, we have selective hearing when they're listening to it. Well, what happened is then I found your book and especially your story. I know it's on page 99. I always tell people, just just go to page 99 and, and read Jen's story and then go back and read the book, you know, because when I read it, I sat there, Jen, and I literally wept. I wept, and I'm not like a weepy person, but I felt like you were the best friend I never met. You got me. You understood. It resonated with me. It clicked with me like nothing had ever made sense to me before in my quest. That makes me me happy to hear because that was really my goal. You know, I wanted to connect with people, but I, I didn't put my story at the beginning because I didn't want it to be all about me. I, you know, I was like, I didn't want to be like, here's a book about me. And 
so I put it at the end because I wanted people to get to it eventually. But I think, you know, for some people reading that first, I could see how that would be. It would let you realize that, yeah, I've totally been there. Mm-hmm. So after I read your book, my husband and I were on a couple getaway. It was at the very end of the year after Christmas. And I told him what I planned. And what year was that? It was the very end of 2017. So you okay. may say I've, I've started my fasting journey in 2018 at the very, very beginning. And I I clean fasted from day one. I jumped right in at 24. I decided I was going to eat from four o'clock to eight o'clock at night. And I was going to delay, but I was not going to deny anything. My all or nothing self really liked that part. I felt like I could have both daily, all and nothing with the fasting and the eating window. So one thing I did, I think was very important is I made a decision that day that I would never, ever go on another diet as long as I lived. Never. I love it. Me neither. Never. I was going to clean fast every day for at least 16 hours for the rest of my life. And my body would just do what it needed to do. And it would be the size it needed to be. And I had just been through so much with food that that was my answer. I knew it was my answer. So you and your husband were on a, on a trip together, a couple's trip, and that was the end of 2017. So what did y'all talk about it together on that trip? We did. And he, of course, supported whatever. He's always supported everything I've ever tried and done and supported me in every way and so he's a very naturally thin, uh, much like your husband you've talked about. He's So year over year, over our years together, he weighs probably within the same four pounds <laughs> at a very healthy weight. But he fasts now at least 16 a day. He's kind of gravitating toward one meal a day recently for the health benefit. Yep. So much in common with with my husband as well, just for the same reason. Didn't need to lose weight, feels great with at least, you know, a 16 hour fast a day. If he eats early, he's like, oh, <laughs> how did I used to do that? Right. I think this is a, a part of my story that I wanted to say the for me part. <laughs> for me, I decided not to restrict any foods. I had had such a bad relationship with food and it's it's very shameful and embarrassing to say, but I would sneak eat, I call it, because I was ashamed to be eating certain things when I wasn't at a healthy weight. So I, I would take, you know, milkshake cups and throw them away at the gas station. I would hide candy wrappers in the bottom of my purse. I could throw them away later. And so I realized that I really needed to heal my mind as part of this. And honestly, at first, Jen, more than even my body, my mind needed to be healed of just some very bad thinking. I think I think that's so important. And you're a moderator in the group. And so you see, you see behind the scenes where we're, you know, we're really talking about how can we help members and because that's our goal. We want every member of every one of our groups to embrace the mindset of trusting the process meaning the process of tweaking till you figure out what works for you. But the first thing we have to do is heal our minds. That's, I think, the number one barrier for a lot of people because we have that diet mindset after years of being trapped in in the diet mentality. You've been there. I've been there. And so the first thing we need to do is heal that mindset. It is. And just as far as my journey, once I started I did lose some weight at first and it became, then it became very slow for me. And I had a couple of two separate kind of dental situations in 2018 in the spring and the summer. I had to get root canals and crowns and I had these several rounds of antibiotics and some steroids and all of that was going on. Those things required me to have shorter windows. I still clean fasted every day, but taking those medications and everything. I did gain a few pounds, but this was the beautiful thing about it. For the first time in my life, I didn't panic. I didn't feel diety. I just kept fasting. I just kept fasting daily. And I I knew that it was a temporary situation. And all of that weight that I gained came back off. 
And then the additional loss came after that. And it just started to become truly a lifestyle. So I didn't use that as a, a reason or excuse or something to throw me off. It's just, hey, this happened in my life. I got through it. I continued to fast. My body was focusing on healing at the time. And I just kept going. That's a really important thing to understand because you had several things going on that were, quote, working against you, right? Your body had to heal with the root canals, all the things going on. You were taking antibiotics that can cause us to have issues in our gut microbiome. You also had steroids, which are so linked to not just weight gain, but if you're trying to lose weight, you know, it makes it very difficult. So you had all those things going on, but you didn't panic. You didn't say, why isn't intermittent fasting you know, working? It was. It was just doing something different at that time as your body was trying to heal. It was. And on my one-year anniversary, which unfortunately, I guess, is four days after Christmas. So you're going to be at your highest probably around that time. But I was down a net on the scale of 17 pounds. And Some people would consider that a dismal failure, just, oh my gosh, why would you continue to do something with that kind of result? But I knew, I knew, Jen, healing was happening for me, and I felt incredible. I just felt wonderful. So that scale, if that was the only thing I was using as a measure of my success, it could have been discouraging. But I wasn't discouraged. I was very excited about how far I had come in my mind, in my emotions, and in my body in that year's time. I love that so much because I think there are people that really are going to benefit from hearing you say that because 17 pounds, yes, someone else might say that's only, you know, what is it, a pound and a half a month, perhaps, almost, not even quite, (laughs) not even quite a pound and a half a month. That would be 18. So almost a pound and a half per month is very, very slow. But for the first time, it was going down and not up. Mm -hmm. This is also a little thing that I thought about is if I was gaining 20 pounds a year and now my average is over 20 pounds lost a year at this point, I've made over a 40 pound swing. That's a really good way of looking at it. And I always want people to think about, you know, when I'm troubleshooting with someone who's, you know, they're having a hard time losing weight, I always want to know, what was your weight doing before you started intermittent fasting? Because that's a big clue. And for you, your weight was going up 20 pounds a year. And so you have stopped that and lost. So you're right. That's a 40 pound swing. That suddenly makes it feel a lot better. Instead of going up 20, you went down 20. So yeah, that's an important way to, to think about it. One thing I did, I did try after that year was over, I tried alternate day fasting for the month of January 2019. I, I did some 5-2, some 4-3. I lost over 10 pounds in that one month. Wow. But I didn't like it. I didn't, I didn't like it. I didn't like it at that time. So at that time, it, it did not seem sustainable to me. I didn't sleep well. I went back to a daily window. So I learned something. I learned that my body responded very well to it as far as the weight loss, but mentally I wasn't ready. That's such an important thing to say. You weren't ready mentally for it, even though physically it was working. Yep. And my weight loss became slow again, but I just kept going because I was so happy to be free from dieting. I was enjoying my food without guilt after 40 years, Wow! 40 years of being miserable and unhappy about my life and my food and my body. So that was more important to me at the time than losing 10 pounds in a month. Yes, I can certainly agree with that because the thought that you would have to micromanage and restrict foods for the rest of your life, the foods that you love, so many of us... We, we try so many diets and then that period of time where I gave up, same thing. I was like, I am just too tired of this. I quit. Yes. And after my vacation, we took a vacation in the fall. You may remember uh, 2019. I decided to give 4-3 another try and I responded better to it the second time around. I 
started losing scale weight, I call it, at triple the rate. Instead of a third pound a week, it was over a pound a week. There was more peace about it for me mentally. And now I I really use that as a tool, just a tool in my toolbox. If I want to switch it up, I do, but I have zero pressure about it. That's the best. You're not trying to white knuckle it through it. You're just trying it when it feels right. And when you like it, you do it. What do you think shifted from when you tried it in early 2019? And even though you lost quickly, you didn't like it. And then at the end of 2019, suddenly it it was different. What do you think shifted there? I don't have an answer for that. I really don't (laughs) know. I just, the only thing I could think of is I just wasn't mentally ready. And maybe it's because in January, I thought you've you know, you lost 17 pounds in a year, you need to do something, you know. And so, you know, it was a little bit more out of desperation, let me see. And then I didn't like it. And so then I just started going back to my daily window and enjoying my life again. And and I, I, I didn't like the down days or the up days, you know. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. But then when I tried it again in October, there I put less pressure on myself, maybe, it's the only thing I can think is that it was just going to be not more a desperate move, but more of a, hey, I'm going to give this another try and see if I feel differently about it now. And that's that's what the journey's about to me is that, you know, try something. Well, that doesn't work for me. Maybe try it again. Maybe Maybe give it another go. Yeah, I actually sometimes... I think about, I wonder if I would like, you know, the up and down days more now, because <laughs> I kind of almost have a accidental up and down day. Some days I eat less, some days I eat more. And after a day where I eat less, I always want to eat more. So I, I'm like, I wonder if my body would like that now. But then I'm like, no, I want to eat dinner. <laughs> do you do the 500 calorie down days or do you do a full fast? No, I, I never did. Usually for me, I would have kind of push through. I'd have to push through a little bit mentally and physically, to be honest, at about 24 hours. Somewhere around that time, I felt like, oh, I'm going to cave, you know. But then if I just push through, it probably 10 to 20 minutes, then I was fine way into the next day and felt fabulous. So that's when your body is making that fat burning shift right there at that point. Mm Mm-hmm. Once you get past that point, I wonder if also that might be different January versus now. Maybe you've just built up your your fasting muscle. I believe so, and I've just I'm more calm about it. It's it's a tool I use it when I want to. I just don't make it a a diety thing. I just don't want to have any restrictions on myself to have to stick with a specific plan. In fact, even on a weekly basis, I decide. If there's a lunch that I want to have with friends, my window is lunch. If I want to make sure I have dinner with my husband or my family, it's the evening. And I flex it. I just really adjust it to my life. So I'm not adjusting to intermittent fasting. My fasting adjusts to what makes me happy. Oh, I love that. Because I really think that is the key to this being sustainable and for life. You use the word happy. And I love that you're the happy dancing turtle. That's my favorite. <laughs> but the fact that, that it makes you happy. And so, you know, you talked earlier about how do we measure success? And I think satisfaction with your life is really the very best measure. Because if you were, I don't know, just throw out a number. How, how many pounds would, if you could snap your finger and lose that many pounds how many would it be just right now? I'd probably want to lose about 40 more. Okay. So let's imagine that you could snap your finger, lose 40 pounds in an instant, wink of an eye, but then to stay there, you had to, you know, diet hard to do it every single day for the rest of your life. That wouldn't make you happy, would it? Again, I'll say for me, no. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So as of today, I have lost, and this is, February 29th, I have lost 42 pounds on the scale. So that is an average of, I think, 1.6 pounds a month overall. But this is interesting. I have moved from a very tight 
size 18W, very stretchy and couldn't breathe, to a very comfortable 12 pants today. I, I was wearing a 2X top, and now I'm just wearing a very, very roomy large and my size has changed so much and I'm wearing I'm wearing clothes that I haven't worn in so many years that I probably weighed 30 pounds less when I wore them before. See, there's that body recomposition we talk about all the time. So your body is slowly tapping into those fat stores, but you're not losing muscle mass, so you're retaining the muscle while losing the fat and we get smaller at a higher weight. So that's exciting. What what would be your perfect goal size if you could visualize yourself there? You know, it because of my dieting up and down over the years, I've been lots of different sizes. I remember feeling very, very good in a medium, just a just a medium, maybe an eight, you know, I never was a tiny, tiny person. But I don't know. And I don't really know that I care so much. I just, I believe my body is going to do what it needs to do. And I will end up at a healthy weight and size for me. And I don't want to define myself by that number on the scale or the number in my shirt, you know, on that label. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium, and specifically, Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for clean eating, delivering pre-portioned and prepped quality whole foods with limited processed ingredients. Green Chef sends organic, fresh produce, responsibly sourced proteins, and chef-designed recipes in every box for satisfying, nourishing, and convenient meals that fit in beautifully to my cleanish lifestyle, and the food is totally window-worthy. Tonight, we're having barbecue sweet potato tacos with cabbage and carrot slaw, black beans, corn and cheesy tortillas, and they come with Green Chef's chimichurri sauce. So good. Go to greenchef.com slash ifstories50 and use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's greenchef.com slash ifstories50. And don't forget to use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. I think that's that's a perfect attitude to have. It might be a 10, it might be an 8, it could be a 6, maybe it's a 12, but you're going to feel good about yourself because you're happy and you're at peace. And I'm already there in many ways, Jen. I know that, you know, I said I'd like to lose 30 or 40 more pounds or whatever, and maybe I want to wear a medium or a different size, but I'm already happy. Right. I'm happy right now, the weight that I am and the size that I wear. And that hasn't happened for me in a really, really long time. That's huge. And I've gained, you know, I said at the beginning, I've lost some things and I've gained some things. And some of the things I've gained is peace of mind. I'm not self-loathing. I'm not disappointed in myself anymore. And I said, I'm not like a crying kind of person, but I'm kind of tearing up right now a little bit. Honestly, I'm enjoying my life again. I have freedom, freedom from diet mentality, no counting, tracking, measuring, restricting. I have met a beautiful group of Facebook friends and local Delay Don't Deny friends who inspire me every day. And I, I would miss I would miss some of the names if I tried to mention everybody, but 
Angie and Donna, who's episode 43, and Leah and Jennifer and Sherry Bullock, who's episode nine, you know, but these friends have become so precious to me and so important in my life. So I've gained in that area as well. Now, did you know any of those ladies prior to intermittent fasting or did you all connect through intermittent fasting? We all connected through your group. I love that. Tell everybody how how y'all get together, like what y'all do. We do. And uh, Donna reminded me today to remind you that on her episode, you promised to come and see us. (laughs) I will come and see you. I did. I remember that. And I know Sherry wants me to come and see you too. I definitely want to come see (laughs) y'all. Well, we do. We We have a little group on Facebook Messenger, the Alabama DDD meetup group or something like that. And we just sort of throw it out there. Uh, every week or two, hey, anybody available to meet, you know, at lunch for coffee or water, unsweet tea, or, you know, maybe an evening meal where, where we're in our window. And we've met several times for dinner. And we have a, a smaller group that we're able to get away during the, the work week and meet locally. And it's wonderful. We'll sit there and just have such a great time and drink ice water and black coffee and tea. And it's it's just a wonderful, supportive group that we have. Well, I can't wait to, to make my way down there. I'm going to, I promise. <laughs> I wonder if I could fly. I, I hate to, to go to drive. And that's that, and that silly. I wonder if I could fly from Augusta to Birmingham. We'll take you any way that you want to travel. <laughs> we'll come pick you up. We'll, okay. we'll pick you up. <laughs> okay. I would really like to like to come and see y'all, but I'm just thinking, because it takes a whole day to drive somewhere for me. Then I'm like, I, driving stresses me out, which is um, crazy. Well, we would be worth it. How about that? You no. would be worth it. I know it's worth seeing y'all. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll look into Kenya Fly. That sounds, I don't know how many hours it would be to drive. Is it like eight? I, I do not know. I, I was thinking it was more five, but I may be wrong. Okay. It might be five. See, I've, how far are you from from Atlanta? A couple of hours, hour and a half, two hours. Oh, well then, it, okay, it's not that far. <laughs> I'm just being a big baby about it, that's all. <laughs> okay, it would be ridiculous to fly. I totally should just drive because that sounds like it's more like four to five. You're right. You have, I'm not even exaggerating, you have several hundred uh, folks in this area who would love to have a meet and greet with you. See, that always blows my mind, you know, the thought of that, but... Let's let's maybe we can get something set up for summer or fall. What do you think about that? We would love it. You just we let can us call know. it a we yeah. can call it a fast feast repeat event. Sure. Because at the time of of our recording, that's that's a few months away. But at the time that this airs, we are going to be really really close to the debut of Fast Feast Repeat. So everybody, if you have not pre ordered Fast Feast Repeat. Go ahead and pre-order it now because we're just a couple of weeks away from it coming out and pre-orders really help a lot. Go to your favorite bookstore. If that's Amazon, go there. Pre-order Fast Feast Repeat. And June 2nd, it will come straight to you. And I'm really, really excited. And Marie, you're getting a copy earlier because all the moderators, as soon as we have it in the early version, all the moderators are going to get a copy of it. And I can't wait for you to have it in your hands. We are all super excited. I was hoping it would have happened prior to today, but it did not. (laughs) Back to, also, I want to interject here as well that I I have such a love for food again, but it did change because I talked about my sneak eating and some things, and I want to circle back to that and kind of close that loop because now I, I do not have that anymore. There's no urgency I still eat ice cream, but I don't binge. I I don't struggle uh, with myself over buying peanut M&Ms in every checkout line or hiding the wrappers in my purse, you know, because I truly can choose to have them. And I, But I usually just look at them and go, oh, my window's opening or I'm in my window and I could have that. But I just go, nah, I'm good. I'm good. And that's the freedom right there. You could, but you don't feel like it. No, and I and I still have them some, and I but I have snacks all in our pantry. You know, we've got, you know, my husband and grandbabies and everything, but they don't call to me. I can have them, but I can choose them. I can choose not to have them, and they it's all of that have it's lost its power over me that I 
struggled with for so many years where I was that all or nothing girl. It is interesting about carbs and sugar. And I, I know that's a subject that, you know, we often talk about and it's going to be different for everyone. But I did that genetic testing finally. And I found out actually that I should do pretty well having carbs, good healthy carbs and protein and a lower fat. So keto would probably not have been a great choice for me. So I do not count anything or restrict anything, but I sort of keep those results in mind when I'm choosing a meal, but I really don't, I don't count or track anything. I love that. But I I love that we're starting to realize more and more that we really are all different when it comes to what foods work well for us. And of course, the science is still in very early days and, you know, there's still the studies are not as robust as, as hopefully they will be eventually, but they're doing a lot of research now into personalized nutrition and how different foods affect us differently. But did you ever try the low fat diets of the late eighties, early nineties? I'm sure you did. Everything. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, those worked for me. I was eating a lot of low fat garbage food, which was not the best thing, but you know, I never want to do that again, but you know, I can keep my eye on, you know, if I felt my honesty pants getting tight, maybe I would eat a little bit less cheese and <laughs> still have the real cheese, just not as much, right? Absolutely. The real cheese. <laughs> yeah. And I'm butter. never going to get, yeah. I'm never going to choose like, like butter buds. I remember the days of low fat and I would get those fake butter sprinkle things and sprinkle them on. No, I will never do that again. But, you know, I will have real butter maybe not half a stick, maybe just enough to give it that buttery flavor, you know, and I'm still going to have cheese. I'm not going to buy low fat cheese. I want real cheese. Me too. And I am one of those, you know, I can eat a higher carb meal, even, even something high in sugar, ice cream or whatever. And it doesn't cause me to struggle the next day. That's a great point to bring up. We were just, you know, I have my coffee group that meets every Saturday. Somebody just mentioned this morning about herself. When she has sugar, it does make her struggle the next day. She's done it enough times that she can totally say it does. And I said, huh, doesn't do that for me. So hearing you say the same thing is fascinating. It really does. I, I can have that and fast effortlessly the next day and I'm fine. I wonder if there, I mean, I'm just guessing. I don't know the, the person who mentioned it today that sugar makes it really hard for her to fast the next day. I wonder if she's the opposite genetically from, from us. If she's someone who genetically would do better with fewer carbs, that might be part of it for her. She needs a higher fat approach. I would love to know. I don't think she's done it. And another, when I mentioned earlier that three months or six months or 12 months from now, you might hear something different from me, you know, you know what, sugar doesn't work for me anymore, or, you know, this or that food is not the best choice for me now, that may change. And I'm open to that. But I just don't stress over it. You're going to listen to your body and hear what it tells you. I am. And wherever that takes me and wherever that goes, it's going to be part of my journey. And, and I own that. I own my journey and knowing that it's different from someone else. And uh, maybe someone would wonder, well, would, would you have changed anything to get faster results? And my answer is no, not for me. Uh, because I do believe if I had stuck with an ADF approach continually, I'm sure I would have lost a lot more than I have than the 42. You know, maybe I'd be at a goal size or a goal weight at this point. But that is not what I wanted. Right. I chose to go and be a turtle. Yeah. <laughs> to experience the freedom, to take it at a slower pace, to heal some really bad baggage from dieting and food. It's just made me a healthier person all around. That is absolutely fabulous to hear because it is all our personal choice. You know, and I did some crazy things along the way. Of course, I would go back and change those. I would not have done some of those, you know, crazy lose weight quickly schemes because I know better now. I know that it didn't help my body. So I would like to go back and tell myself not to try those crazy things. But it's all part of my journey. And, you know, the, the desperation to lose it quickly, that was not a pleasant mind space to be in. 
when I had that feeling. And I did. I had that desperation still. So when I was early in my intermittent fasting journey and losing weight and being successful, I was not mentally healthy. Mm-hmm. And I, it's fine if someone wants to take a more aggressive approach and they're always looking for tweaks and in their fasting and their windows and their foods to speed up that scale weight loss. That's fine if that's what they want to do. You're right. There's nothing wrong with that. But but when I did it, I was doing it in the wrong way. My mental dialogue was was wrong at the time because again I was just wanted quick weight loss and and I was you know willing to do things that were not good for my body long term thank goodness I only did them for a very short time because my body rebelled you know people look back at my journey and they're like yeah but you did this crazy and I'm like well I only did that for like 20 days <laughs> you know just like when you tried alternate daily fasting in January of 2019 and you only did it for a short time And then you're like, not working for me. Same with me and the crazy restriction. It was a very small part of my journey. It did not work well for me. And I luckily couldn't do it long. So most, you know, most of my weight was not lost during the crazy periods. It was lost with the slow and steady. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500 500. Mm-hmm. Well, it's my weight loss now. It's at, you know, not even two pounds a month, but it's going down and it's just steady and it's slow and I feel freedom. I'm okay with that right now. Uh, you know, I may do some more aggressive approaches and tweak foods and do different things in, in my future. I'm not saying I won't, but. For now, this is very sustainable, and I feel very free and happy with the choices that I'm making. So I'm not going to change that just to be more aggressive and try to lose something very, very fast. I've been there and done that, and that's just not part of what I want to do right now. I have a feeling if you ever did tweak something, you would still do it from the right place mentally. I believe so now, yes. I think if I had jumped right in, and tried to do too many things at once, it would be it would have been another failed attempt. Yeah, I think that's that's wise. I have some great non-scale victories to share too. Ooh, I want to hear them. Tell us all yes. of your non-scale victories. I'm probably not going to think of all of them, but I used to have a problem with recurring plantar fasciitis. I even went and had some therapy done, and it would get better, but it would come back. I haven't had a recurrence of that since I started fasting, which is a huge thing. It was very painful. I had a lot of skin tags. They're all gone. That's wonderful. You know, I've heard skin tags are related to insulin resistance. So skin tags disappearing show that you are healing your insulin resistance. I am. And uh, some prescriptions, I, I used to take a daily allergy medication. I took a daily prescription for acid reflux or GERD. I also took a daily prescription uh, as a preventative for fever blisters, which I know sounds funny, but all my life I've had recurring and very painful 
and I would get many, many of them. And so I took this daily preventative prescription for that that kept those at bay. And I don't take any of those prescriptions anymore. That's huge. I have never had a fever blister. Uh, It is a genetic thing as well. And not everyone is susceptible, but it ran in my family and I had suffered with it since a child. And I was going to be able to say I hadn't had one since I started fasting, but I actually did have one this month. But I will say it was one, it was very small and it went away very quickly. But as far as the preventative measures, the prescription, I haven't been on it in a year and a half. And that was the very first one that I, that I had. And it was over very quickly. So I know that's a, a testament to the healing that my body has done. Absolutely. Especially since you've suffered from them really your whole life. Mm-hmm. My whole life. Of course, I've had some varicose veins that have greatly reduced. I can't say they're completely gone, but greatly reduced. And something really odd and funny that I'm going to kind of keep an eye on, but my my hairstylist and I have been talking about it. My hair color has changed. It's maybe hair color retention, where I used to get the (laughs) the roots touched up. It's now she's going like, you don't even look like you need your roots touched up anymore. So that's kind of an odd one to me, but it's kind of neat too. It really is. Was it grays that were getting touched up or? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that before. That sounds wacky. You know, if, if if I were putting a list of this is what will happen for you and writing a magazine article, I certainly wouldn't say your hair color is going to change because it sounds ridiculous. But people have said, I don't have as many grays as I used to. <laughs> now, that did not happen for me. <laughs> My hair did not stop being gray. In fact, I have more now than when I started. But again, also fasting didn't make my hair gray. It's just my age. <laughs> No, I'll so sorry, y'all. Embrace we're, that. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to promise you that your hair might change color, but if it does, don't be surprised. <laughs> if it doesn't, also don't be surprised. <laughs> be open to anything. The magic is there. Now, you talked about one of the, the best features of intermittent fasting for you is that you don't have to, quote, diet or restrict. Has your taste in food changed naturally? I know you mentioned being able to walk by the candy or things in the cabinet, but other than that, has your taste changed? I'm going to be honest here and say that I eat the same types of foods. I, I really, I like Italian and I like Mexican, and but I like that high quality pizza from the Italian restaurant. You know, I am very much about let's make, if we can, make sure it's window worthy, you know, when we open up and have it. But with, with no restrictions, I, I really don't. And I'm not going to say like my friend Donna, who, you know, has found a tremendous love for vegetables now. I don't know that my tastes have necessarily changed like that, but I just have so much more peace around food and enjoy it. I really enjoy good quality food and just don't have the taste for us to go into the pantry and have all the junk. Right. Well, then and I would say, yes, your tastes, you, you want food to be window worthy instead of just what's there. I'll never forget the first time I had a cupcake that a student gave me and it was like a really good cupcake. It was totally window worthy. It was from one of those little cupcake stores that's like awesome. And they gave it to me. Maybe it was Valentine's Day or something. But because I had, you know, my sons at home and my husband, I hid it so I could have it when I felt like it later. I hid it in the back of the cabinet. I'm like, I'm going to eat this when I really want it. And no one's going to have it but me. And then I forgot about it. Mm -hmm. And I found it months later. And I'm like, oh, man, I never ate that (laughs) cupcake. But that never would have happened before. I would have eaten it, you know, the minute the the child handed it to me. I was delaying it. I delayed it so long I forgot it was there. Now, I'm going to say that that has happened to me, too, where I've put candy or some kind of chocolate in my purse, and I'm going to, I'm going to delay and not deny and have it later and find it several days later, whatever, you know, go, oh, man, I, I never ate that. So I forgot to eat it. Yeah. That makes me happy because there was no urgency. And I always had that before. I would have thought about it nonstop if, before intermittent fasting. I would have thought about when I was going to be, you know, allowed to eat that 
and probably would have eaten it when I wasn't allowed to eat it just to be eating it because I was obsessed with it. So losing that obsession with that cupcake, that's the miracle for me. Me too. I love it. All right. So we are coming towards the end. We're not quite there yet, but as we're we're winding it down, what would you tell someone just starting off with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you had first started? I think the first thing I would say, and we see this a lot as moderating in the groups, is I would say breathe. Just breathe. Giving an example of a a new person coming into the group. I'm so excited. I'm going to start today and I'm going to fast for a million hours and I'm going to work out three hours a day and drink three gallons of water. And I'm going to count all of my macros and calories. And, you know, it's just because I understand that I have empathy when I see a post come through that way, because I relate, you know, you just, you want, the next thing you try to be the thing that works. And you want it to work quickly and you want it to be apparent right away. Yes. And so just breathe and and embrace that it is a lifestyle and that you own your own journey, your journey. And as I said earlier, I wouldn't change anything for myself to get faster results. Now, I know that there are things that I could do differently or could have done differently that I would weigh less on the scale today than I do, but that was not my choice to do. So you have to determine what does success mean to you as a person? You may want to go slower and and experience some healing in some other areas, or if you want to take that aggressive approach we talked about where you're constantly looking for that next week, that's fine too, but just make sure it's your journey. I love that. And, you know, another thing we see as, as moderators is anytime anyone shares their story, someone says, tell me exactly what you did and exactly what you ate. When did you eat it? And learning that, that someone else's, what did you eat and when did you eat it is not relevant to me and what I should eat and when I should eat it. And that that does draw us in because of all of the dieting years and saying, okay, I want a plan. I am a planner, an organizer. I was a very good dieter, as I said, and I would stick with it and I wouldn't eat anything I wasn't supposed to eat. And I was so great at it and I was successful and I lost every time, but I needed something life-changing. Right. And intermittent fasting, especially the delay, don't deny approach that you shared with us. I'm so grateful. I'm so, so grateful because it is life changing. It has changed my life in so many ways that have nothing to do with the number on the scale. Well, I'm so glad to hear that because I know I could write a diet book and I don't consider delay, don't deny to be a diet book. And I don't consider fast, feast, repeat to be a diet book. I consider them to be, you know, your invitation to craft an intermittent fasting lifestyle that feels right to you and figure out what works for your body. You know, there's no one size fits all in either of them, but I know I could write, you know, a quote diet book with a plan and tell everybody exactly what to do. And people would probably lose weight more quickly, but that is not my goal. My goal is for you to find the kind of freedom and empowerment that you have found, Marie, and ownership, and it's your journey. And you can be as quick or as slow. You can be a happy dancing turtle, but whatever it is, you're in charge at all times. And so you're free to tweak it till it works for you and define your own measure of success. And it is. It's It is freedom, and I love our friend Kim Smith. Oh, yeah. Her approach has also been such a great blessing to me that I am going to flow through my life with joy and not dread, and that I can be a happy person, whatever the number on that scale says, and I can enjoy my life and feel great, and I really, truly feel great. I love that. And one of her mantras is enjoy your life. And she got that from her grandmother. And I think that that's really for all of us here too. enjoy your life and 
incorporate intermittent fasting in a way that feels good to you today and tomorrow and forever. And forever. And I have no doubt that the scale will reflect in the future and my clothing sizes and, and my health will continue to, to be great as I live this lifestyle. And I'm not in a hurry to get to a certain number, but I know that I will see progress in that area as well. Well, Marie, thank you so much for talking to me today. And I think you have shared a lot of wisdom with the world. I have enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Jen. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast.